Hello, this is Old School, host of the Small But Vicious podcast, and I would like to say that I never listen to the any award-winning Order 66 podcast. Congratulations, guys, and hope you keep up a little good work for a long time to come. This is Ricky Sorrell, the evil penguin from the D20 radio forums, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. And I just want to say congratulations to the entire D20 radio staff on their fantastic win in the Emmy Awards. Seriously, you guys deserved it. Hello, this is Ikmoigigan from the forums. Not Icy Moigigan, not Ikmoigigan, and certainly not Adolf. From Ottawa, Canada. And I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. I'd laugh too much listening to people try to say my name. Greetings. I am C-3PO, and this is my counterpart, R2-D2. And we never listen to the any award-winning Order 66 podcast, because that wouldn't be proper. Oh, switch off, you dim-witted, diminutive domehead! Execute Order 66. This episode of the Order 66 podcast is brought to you in part by our sponsors, GoDaddy.com, ThinkGeek.com, and a giant shout-out to D20 Radio contributor, Alpha Ant. This show is for you. Well, boys and girls, welcome back. It's Sunday, August 23rd. Or T plus seven days. And welcome back to episode number 77 of the Order 66 podcast. And without further ado, we'll get straight to it. I am GM Dave. What is up, Gamer Nation? I am GM Chris. And uh, also joining us is, of course, the sultry, dulcet tones of the ever-wonderful Twi'lek goodness. That would be me. <laughs> well, this, um, Dave, this is kind of a... Uh, a monumentous episode, is it not? Yes, as you heard off the top of the show, the four bumpers were all post-Gen Con bumpers because we won! Yeah! Yes, <laughs> buddy, we are now the any award-winning Order 66 podcast. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I'm sorry, I just made somebody jump out of their seat on the bus, I'm sure, but uh, <laughs> yeah, and I've got the I've got the red light on my on my heads up display that we chafe something fierce and overmodulated, but eh, you know. It's an exciting <laughs> time. Yes, thank you very much to the Gamer Nation. I'd like to thank the Academy of Arts and Sciences and <laughs> um, uh, you know, anybody else who actually ever came on our show, Sam, Rodney, Sterling, Gary, 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 <laughs> Gary Gygax. Oh, yes. Michael they Jackson. <laughs> Job, Jabba the Hutt, Pizza the Hutt. 
you know. Dude, it it was it was it was absolutely fantastic. And uh, for those of you who may be uh, tuning in for the very first time, uh, we are of course this is of course the Order sixty six podcast, the only podcast fan generated and devoted entirely to the glory that is Star Wars Saga Edition role playing. And apparently, you guys really like our podcast because you voted for us in force, and uh, we were recently nominated for an any award, uh, the uh, RPG Industry Award, um, put on by EN World, which a couple episodes ago we had Hans Cummings, the uh, submission coordinator for the Andes, come on and tell us all about. And uh, we are uh, now an award-winning podcast, and this makes me happy in the cockles of my heart. Oh, yes. <laughs> it's just uh, good. I mean, it's good. We, we, we spend a lot of time doing this. We do. And it's nice to be recognized, I guess, with uh, all games considered, those guys rock. Yes. And, yes. I mean, I, I really I want to send a, a supreme shout-out to, um, well, the only one I know is Meg. But um, the brilliant gameologists, and I, they, I'm just drawing Zach or Zeke is another one. Um, I'm just I'm drawing a blank. Um, they they have a first class show too, and you know it's yeah, a shame that there can only be two winners. But I'm I guarantee you next year they'll be nominated again, and unless somebody steps up, yeah, that's you know it's theirs. You know? I, I I agree. I think I think all the entries are fantastic. I was very amazed. Um, I know we're going to talk about this in further detail as the show comes along. But one of the things that I I really took away from the the Any Awards ceremony um, that, that Kevin Culp, who was who was doing the uh, he was kind of the MC of the event, basically said is that we're seeing this huge change in the industry right now. We're moving towards a lot of electronic media, and this is you know the first time in a, a while that we've been able to say, wow, we can have an, a, a true award just for podcasts. Right. That it, it's growing and growing that much. Just so. wait next year. Next year, wouldn't it be awesome if we had like three entrants from or from D twenty radio, which we could. Yeah. Very recently. That would be that would be awesome. I mean, it's we what? could City of Doors is already doing a fine job. They are. Minus World. I love the Minus World. Minus World's fantastic. All right. RFH, one of our, our old standbys RFH and always a good podcast. Is always solid. Mm-hmm. Game on is great. Yes. You know, and then I mean, you go on from there and you know, I mean, if we there, there's just a, there's a few there's there's a few shows there that are right on the cusp of being really well done, and I think in the next year they'll have the opportunity to get the you know to kind of tweak. They're all pretty young shows, so they'll have an opportunity to get tweaked. And you know, I mean, there's just I'll tell you what, I mean, Bruce City Gamers is another one. Oh God, those guys are fantastic. Yeah. And I know, I know, we'll be talking about that shortly. But, but basically, guys, th- this episode we're going to go through some some of our standards. We do have some business to cover, and some uh, getting getting some Star Wars stuff out of the way. That we, of course, we are a podcast devoted to Star Wars. But the meat of today's show will be the Ennies, and in particular, the glory that is Gen Con, which uh, TG and I came from and are still recovering from. <laughs> it <laughs> takes a while. So it's it's going to be glorious. What say what say we kick this pig? Let's say we kick, kick this pig. <laughs> Accessing. Ah, good. New acquisitions. Greetings, Gamer Nation. My designation is KCK Sim, and this is your Hollow News Net update. Okay, for those of you waiting for the Wookiee news update, 
Um, unfortunately, unfortunately, he's sick. Aww. And, I mean, sick as a dog. Can't even talk. He's got it all. I know um, this is Luke Lowbrow. He's He's got it all written. He even sent, he sent me, dude, the script's done. He said, but I can't talk. And so <laughs> he could not. He said, if, if I can at least squeak something out, I'll send it to you before the show. But, yeah, unfortunately, it's a real bummer. I was looking forward to it. So next hey, week. Hey, greatness can wait. Yeah. Next week, we will wait and hopefully hear the newest of the, the news updates from Luke Lowbrow. Then it'll be doubly great. That's right. Double great. Doubly. That's doubly right. great. No pressure, though. Yeah. No pressure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, to, to kind of catch up, guys, we've been out of the loop now for almost two weeks, what with Gen Con and all. And in that time, the D20 radio, excuse me, the ever-expanding D20 radio network has not let us down. Um, first and foremost, if you guys haven't experienced the glory yet, we, we are proud to welcome our two newest podcasts. First and foremost, City of Doors, uh, the brainchild of Reaper Brian um, and, and The Hov, which is devoted to all the fluffy goodness of fantasy role-playing. They already have their second episode up. That's um, right. Like we and said, it is great. And it, as we mentioned on, on 76, they are like the yin to the yang of RFH. RFH. Dude, we got, we, got, we got, seriously, we can make a giant creamy, crunchy, peanut buttery sandwich with that. It is brilliant. Yep. Um, so, yes, excellent. And also, Brew City Gamers, who got their 30th episode up shortly before Gen Con. Um, I have yet to hear it. I'm, I, for one, though, am also excited to hear the post-Gen Con show they're putting out, which I know they're, they're, we're going to be doing this, this current week. So, uh, I'm, I'm really excited to hear that. I, dude, I got the chance to game, with, to actually play Star Wars with every single one of those guys. Really? And I, I had a debug... Bug was was in my my pickup game Wednesday night, and then the other three were in my game uh, Saturday night. And I can tell you that I'm actually very concerned, Dave, because all four of those guys are far too. And TG, back me up here. They they are far too fashionable, far too physically fit, and far too hip to They're very cool to be like part of the D20 Radio Network. I'm actually like like ashamed of my own inadequacies hanging out with those awesomeness. Of guys, they are very, very cool. So, yeah, yeah. I think, and I think I sensed a little bit of uh, jealousy on your part too. A little bit of nerd jealousy, yeah, just a little bit. Hey, jealousy, yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. I'm telling you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So yeah, we will wait for episode number thirty-one, which will be our post post Gen Con show. I know they wanted to get it up this week, so we will be. Anxiously awaiting, with bated breath, indeed. And, you know, if you uh, didn't listen to RFH pre-Gen Con show, you really should, because um, disaster, from what I understand, is averted to record episode number 28. (laughs) (laughs) They uh, they give what? uh, The arcane power gets the once over, you know, for fourth edition? They they did. Yep. They, they gave it. They gave it a good crunchy once over, and it's it's a great episode for those uh, interested in in you know really digging their claws on the surface of arcane power. Very good. Mm. Very nice. And uh, dude, I'm excited. I have yet to hear this episode, and I really want to because meanwhile, meanwhile, the Super Gaming Podcast has joined forces with the Minus World, uh, mm. and uh, these, these two podcasts released a joint cast in a bold and brash attempt, clearly to take over the world and the D20 radio network, Dave, I'm a little concerned. Nice. Um, 
Oh dear. Uh, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little worried about that. But basically, mostly Joe sits down with Jake and Dylan, and they delve into Super's games of old, and that's got to be just dripping with goodness. I I'm got I'm gonna download that tonight tonight and listen to it at work tomorrow. I can't wait. Nice. Beautiful. Yes. And <clears throat> all right. Um, everyone, please go to church. Say confession. If you're Catholic, go to confession. Mm-hmm. Whatever else you have to do to prepare for the apocalypse. Why? Because the seventh seal has been opened. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Since our last episode, Brev and Jed have released two cinematic addicts. Oh, my God. Whoa. <laughs> Brev and Tenny have released two Minis Mayhems. Dude, that's fantastic. Uh, it is. I mean, the world is about to end. The moon is turning red as we speak. Oh, man. So, okay, I haven't listened to Real 8 of Cinematic Edit yet, but I listened to Real 7 because I'm a big fan of Paul Thomas Anderson, and that's who they talk about. And if you don't know who Paul Thomas Anderson and his films are, you need to listen to that episode. Um, but what was Real 8, man? It was like uh, Real 8 uh, was basically what Real 5, I think, was, where they like were looking forward to all the summer movies, and now here they've only done three shows in like four months, <laughs> so they can look back on the, <laughs> on the summer yeah. and see what, was the, what were the flops and what were the hits, you know, and all nice. that. So yeah, that's what they did. It was a good show. Nice. Yep, yep. And yep. I thought for Minnie's Mayhem, like episode 11 and 12 kind of went hand in hand. Um, Vader and the Palps? Yeah, yeah, Vader and Palps, man. Episode eleven and episode twelve, man. Oh, yeah. uh, uh, all things Vader, all things Palps, and also I think for episode twelve, uh, Brad was telling me all because I haven't had a chance to listen to twelve yet. They were telling me that they really delved into uh, some of the previews for the upcoming Galaxy at War Star Wars mini set. Yeah, so. they did. They got some pictures or something. I forget. I was I listened to about half of it, and then um, I, well, I didn't drive anywhere Saturday or Sunday, so it's still halfway listened to. Nice. Yeah, and um, by the way, uh, I, I have to say this because I need to give an apology to. Uh, the boys from SBV, uh, er- oh. everyone's favorite fantasy RPG podcast. <laughs> because uh, apparently last episode when we were pimping out a City of Doors, I said, you know, we now have two, two fantasy RPG podcasts. We have RHAV and City of Doors. And uh, the Small But Vicious boys sent me a nice little uh, little tongue-in-cheek uh, going, <clears throat> So were they, were they a little bit vicious, but in a small way? <laughs> Not in a small way, no. Uh, <laughs> no. But seriously, for those fans out there of Warhammer uh, fantasy role-playing, you can, of course, tune into the Small But Vicious podcast, which is uh, our podcast entirely devoted to all things uh, Warhammer fantasy RPG. And Old School and the Buddha, man, they got out two episodes themselves, episodes five and six. Um, Good grief, man. People are just just blowing and going. Lots of good stuff around the network. And if you missed it, the Holocron just came up with episode number 16 today. Fantastic. Well, I know, I know. Brian's kind of kind of out of commission. What, what, who was your? Were you able to get him into host, or how did you no, guys handle that? No, TJ actually was the co-host on that one. Oh, um, TJ, Wolf Blooded Gamer. Nice. Yep, yep, yep. Um, and uh, we talked about the role playing aspect of the guild and and all that role playing is and will be, and really kind of lamented the fact that although we got all this good stuff out on Friday with the videos and all that, and if you and if you're uh, waiting for the Old Republic, go check out. IGN because the videos are sitting there of the gameplay footage, which is really, really great. But still, uh, we've gone a month and plus, and we really have no new information. They revealed the Sith <laughs> Warrior, which is just as much as revealing that there is going to be Jedi in the game. <laughs> wow. 
<laughs> is that a Wonderful. red saber in your pocket, or are you just happy oh, to see me? Wonderful piece of news. But I'm more excited about the next piece of news. Dave, why don't you tell us what is amazingly going to happen on the Order 66 podcast next week? Oh, yes. Jedi Master Rodney Thompson is going to be with us, and he's going to talk about the Rebel Rebellion Era Rebellion Era Campaign Guide, and from what I understand, he will be able to talk a little bit about Galaxy at War. Yes, yes. Now, one thing he did request, and we really want to try and do, is do some live call-in, guys. So if you guys want to get over to the forums right now and get to the Order 66 board, there is a sticky thread um, uh, talking about TalkShoe, which is the live program we want to try and use to get some live calls in. Yes, indeed. but it, it, is a little, it can be a little convoluted. You need to sign in and create an account to use it. So that thread has all the steps you need. Get prepped, and perhaps you can talk to Mr. Thompson yourself. Indeed. And it, for the more mundane means, we, we, we have a thread going, right? Yeah, I'm sure we do. So uh, it, is on, it is on the Order 66 board right now. We have a thread going for questions for Rodney. We have, we have very few questions actually relating to Rebellion Era Campaign Guide yet, which is kind of the, the point of the, the thing. I mean, I'm sure other questions will, of course, get answered. Rodney's always been phenomenal about doing that. But we really want you guys to get your, your, your Rebellion Era Campaign Guide questions in there, if you can, please. Um, and I know several of you have taken the, uh, the initiative to go out onto many other boards and post, you know, relink us and say, hey, go here and ask questions. So thank you yep. for that. Please Beautiful. spread the word. Hey, I've got a question that you can ask him. Write it down now. Write it Done. down now. Shoot. You ready? Okay. This is a good one. All right, guys. Why do you make a book that's so full of awesome? <laughs> that would be what they call a coached interview question. Oh. <laughs> so, so, dude, so why are you why are you so awesome, man? Oh, God. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> And one of the big Gen Con announcements, by the way, was the fact that, um, of course, for those of you who haven't heard and you're fans of 4th edition D&D, the next campaign setting coming out is going to be Dark Sun. They're revamping the famous 2nd edition campaign setting of Dark Sun. And none other than the brilliance of Rodney Thompson is directing that project. Oh. So this is very, very, very exciting news. Big grats to Rodney. He's been twitting about it nonstop. Tweeting, twitting, whatever you, yeah. Tweet. 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 It's a tweet. tweet. I'm going to teach this to you one day. You it's, tweet. It's you don't a, twit. You tweet. It's a tweet, you twit. Tweet, twit, twat. Exactly. I don't care. Oh, no. No. Now, twat, we care about. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Okay. And also, um, we don't, guys, we haven't had any juicy bits of web goodness in a while. Um, however, today, I, this week, I do have for you a juicy bit of web suckage. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, wonderful. Or, or maybe it's a bit of, of web goodness. I really don't know. Gleemax the forum provider for uh, Wizards of the Coast forums is 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 bye bye. It is it is gone. For those of you who have you know, as, as I was trying to pimp Rodney coming on the cast next week, I was going to go out to Watsi's forums and say, "Hey, get here and post your questions up." Only to discover, wow, it's shut down, and it will be until at least August twenty sixth. Why? Uh, they have posted up a very cryptic, cryptic message, which basically says that they're moving to a new provider that will provide better features, quote unquote. A new provider. So, so in uh, other maybe words, they they're... forgot to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean that. Okay, and that that Gleemax forum, whatever whatever application they're using to to to, to serve those forums is kind of kludgy anyway. There's been nothing but complaints about it since the switch. Yeah, and that may that may have something to do with it. But right. So. Honestly, for those of you who are can't get your fix in in the meantime, you can of course go to another wonderful forum, which is uh, d20radio.com/forum. 
yes, yes, yes. That's ours. Yes, yes. In fact, we'll go ahead and we'll just take up the slack because you don't. Well, actually, some of those hosers on Gleemax you don't need. <laughs> hey, talking about my homies there. Well, not the ones I'm talking about. The ones I'm talking about are are DBADs that don't follow the DBAD rule. Point taken. You know, Point. so that's that's it, man. Well, it is it is kind of a, your forum, so you can just kick one of them off and just send them a nice little message, and all it has to say is DBAD. <laughs> DBAD, my man. So D-B-A-D. yeah. All right, good. Gone. Wonderful. Sayonara. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. The other big news is, of course, the fact that we are an any award-winning podcast, but I know we're going to delve a little bit more detail into that later on in the show. We have one really, I guess, final announcement, um, which kind of got birthed out of Gen Con, and uh, really the overwhelming response that we had so many devoted members of the Gamer Nation, it kind of was incredible, actually. I know TG commented to me privately many times, it was amazing how many people were flagging down people wearing D20 radio t-shirts just to say hi, or I never listen, or, you know, whatever. Pat on the back. Pat it on was the back they wanted to give you. It was kind of crazy. Awesome. It was neat. It was neat. So neat. We, uh, we have decided to um, offer you guys who really want to become true D20 radio contributors uh, a way to, to continue to contribute in a special way. So many of you have, have made amazing donations and t-shirt purchases to help keep this network going and going strong, obviously. We want to offer you the next step. For members of the Gamer Nation who want to claim the status as a heavy-handed contributor to D20 Radio, we are going to be opening up a level of a recognized membership within the Gamer Nation. We would like you to become a D20 Radio contributor. So for those willing to set up a monthly recurring contribution via PayPal of what, Dave? Two dollars? Two bucks. Two bucks a month for a recurring contribution via PayPal to D20 Radio, you will reserve a special status as a D20 Radio contributor. What will this get you, Dave? Well, first and foremost, you will get a special forum rank, and your name will appear in a special color, probably red. And, you know, all its Sith glory. You'll get access to priority information channels, get the first scoop on news coming out of D20 Radio. When we get these modules that we post up on the download channel, mm-hmm. we, will, we will email them out to our contributors. And then whenever I get around to putting them up on the website, which is sometimes months, <laughs> then, they'll, then they'll be available for free for anybody else. So yes. don't think that we're, we're... don't Please do not make the mistake that you got to pay $2, otherwise you don't get... Everything's going to be free to everybody. It's just that... People that want to be contributors are going to get access to it first. That's it. That's all, that, that's all there is to it. And when you've done it for six months, guys, you will get D20 Radio Dice. Yes, a pair of custom D20 Radio Dice will be mailed to you with a smile and a hug and a little bit of love that's from right. me and DMGM Dave and TJ. That's right. Not the Gen Con Dice. These are the actual D20 Radio, official D20 Radio Dice. We have special Gen Con dice that we give out if you're at Gen Con each year. These will not look like those. So, all goodness. So, if any of you are interested, uh, we you know we, we're gonna we're getting that set up on the website as we speak. Yes. Yeah, it should be. It should, the link should be live on the site probably on Tuesday. Excellent. Excelente. Goodness, Gamer Nation. It is ultimate goodness. Yep. And so. Why are we doing it? Well, (laughs) 
I, I sent an email out to all the hosts letting them know that this was going to happen. And basically it's, uh, I want to call out at this point, I want to I say the big, big thanks to DM Tim from, Rhea, from RFH and GM Chris, who's like on the radio right now. <laughs> because with basically they personally fund the Dice Project. And it's not the cheapest of all, it's not the cheapest thing to do. You know, we're talking a couple of hundred bucks that they shell out, or more, actually, in this case. It was almost 400 bucks, wasn't it? Yeah, this year. And I have, I have gone on record to say, you guys are not going to pay for that next year. I, I, just, I just don't want that to happen. Um, that if we're going to get 1,000 dice every year for Gen Con, then we should be able to support that, you know, to give out, uh, among other things. As we start getting ready for Geekapalooza in June of 2010, <laughs> which is another excellent. And I was a little concerned about this at first because you had said, you know, hey, let's try to get Geekapalooza in June 2010, and I'm like, dude, there is no way we're going to be able to set up a con. And you said, no, 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 I don't want a con. And you told me about something that another fellow podcaster in the gaming world does. Yeah, I mean, a con is a con. It doesn't matter how many people show up. We still kind of call it a con. But this is one of those deals where 40 or 50 people maybe show up. They go, they all, they rent a movie theater or whatever. They they do some gaming on Saturday. And then on Sunday, they basically all converge on the dude's house and, <laughs> you know, and do some other stuff. And, and so that's basically going to be the name of the game in June 2010 in, I'm not sure where, Texas, maybe Grapevine, maybe somewhere, somewhere close. To where it's you know easy to get to from the airport and and whatnot. So if you if some people are flying in, I, I don't I really don't know how many people are going to come in from out of town. So yeah, but it yeah, we we will we will have a little get together for those in and around North Texas and anyone else who wants to come in June two thousand ten. So you guys start planning for that now. You better believe it. And of course, the most important reason we're doing this is again, and I know we we've we've talked about this amongst ourselves, the very show hosts that. The support from you guys has been phenomenal since day one. For those of you who are continuing to show your support and really giving of yourselves for this fan run, fan fan endeavor, we want to recognize you for that. And and that's that's kind of the the the, the key here in terms of the D twenty radio contributor. So, yep, it is awesome sauce. It is. It's fantastic. So, <laughs> all right. So now that we've gotten all this stuff out of the way, half of it we were going to actually cover in the crunch. So. <laughs> to do that now, but did you get a postcard while you were at Gen Con? Oddly, um, yeah, I actually re- I received a rather rather unexpected postcard uh, this week from our, our our good friend Commander Cody, and um, it's really strange. It I, it's not what I expected. It, it's a picture of of a city uh, with a, a Midwestern American skyline and uh, a beautiful downtown area with a large spire in the center of a circular walkway with a bronze statue on top of it. And there's loads of people just, just walking to and fro in the picture, several of which are wearing odd costumes. And the lettering reads, Welcome to the Circle City of Indianapolis, where we are raising the game. And yes, anybody can come to the con. Huh. From across the galaxy, it's time for postcards from Commander Cody. GM Dave and GM Chris. Hi guys, it's like I'm on vacation this week. 
An Imperial servant's work is never done. Sometimes it feels like work, and other times it feels like play. The delivery boys are taking a break from our normal routine to serve an Emperor Palpatine's personal escort this week. Something unusual, to be sure, but when I asked why the exalted Emperor wouldn't prefer his own guard for this trip, it was explained that the Emperor was traveling to a secret world few knew about, and our unit's past discretion would be necessary. We weren't even told the name of this planet, though it's in a far-flung outer rim of the galaxy, and it's heavily populated, though fairly primitive on a technological scale. Apparently the Emperor was going to host some type of award show in a major city for some special type of convention, though I'm not sure for what. The city is strange, but beautiful, with lots of local culture, and I don't mind saying some fine dining, though you can't get a roasted nerf shank to save your life out here. At first I was a bit worried, as we seemed to be the only visitors in Imperial attire or armor, or even displaying blasters openly, but arriving in the central area of the city, our fears were soon laid to rest. Many from across the galaxy, it seems, arrive here for this convention. I've seen other troopers, strange aliens from a planet called Japan, most of which have feline features, and even a Jedi! Now, the Emperor did nothing to stop him either, or rather he laughed as several of the locals took pictures with the traitor. Unbelievable. All in all, it was a strange week, as we followed the Emperor throughout the massive complexes of this urban area. The locals seemed to have a fascination with polyhedral dice and local ale. Honestly, I haven't seen this much alcohol consumed by so many since my wild weekend on a reel at a boot camp. <laughs> anyway, old Palps even gave us a day of shore leave. Well, men and I were scared, I don't mind telling you, but we bravely stripped on our armor and armed ourselves and ventured into the fray. Dozens of screaming humans and near-humans everywhere, all of them pointing at us and taking our pictures. This one bloke tried to sell me a t-shirt and I had none of the local currency. He didn't seem too partial taking imperial credits. Anyway, this place is enjoyable, with great food and drink and lots of happy locals, but it's starting to get wearisome on the men, I can tell. Just five minutes ago, a man in green face paint beat up another in a leather leotard with a foam axe! I I'm done, chaps. I'm done. The Emperor's award ceremony was last night, and we'll be leaving at the morning. This city of Indy is intriguing, but if I return, it'll definitely be out of uniform. Well, if you're in the firearms of the Unknown Reaches, guys, find the place. Stop boy! It's a kick in the pants. Old Palp says he's coming back next year, entering in some kind of costume contest. Ah, uh, honestly, I didn't think he went in for that sort of thing. Later, guys. Long live the Empire! Your friend, Commander Cody. Well, yummy. Yummy, yummy. You know, the entire time we were there, Tichi, I, I didn't run into Cody, or maybe I did. Honestly, I couldn't tell. It's, it's kind of hard to tell. It, it, it is. I wonder it if is. he was the one wearing the kilt that got you on your knees and started pointing the gun at you. Maybe. Quite. I thought you guys were friends. That uh, might have been him. I don't know about that, man. I just... Mm. But I, I want to acknowledge Echo Base at this point because I have no idea what the hell is going on, but there are 410... Oh. Um, yeah. Number of viewers, 410. I have a feeling we made the front page of Ustream somehow. But, yeah. Nice. It's weird. So, yeah, 410 viewers. Thank you very much for being there, Echo Base. We appreciate it. And let's take a break for... Well, no, let's not. Let's do this. <laughs>
D20 docking bay, hosers. When it don't be making sense, we be making sense of it. Yeah. Yes, sis. Yes, sis. So, Gen Con did not stop the signal. Nothing can stop the signal, Dave. Nothing mm-hmm. can stop the signal. Brian, Brian, we send a shout out to you, buddy. Mm-hmm. And that's why we don't give Brian a hard time because his, his apartment complex got hit by lightning and they have no internet. They've had no internet for several weeks. <clears throat> so, you do not have a game on. And that's why Holocron, part of the reason why Holocron was so far delayed, the other part was that Bioware just didn't give us anything but suck for about four weeks. <clears throat> and, you know, that's just the way it goes. So, yeah. Brian, we hope you we hope you have a speedy internet recovery, my friend. Indeed. Of course, he won't ever hear this either, so, you know, I don't know. Eventually, maybe. <laughs> All right, so uh, Blackhand Ravnos sent an email. Are you ready for this? Ah. Oh, please, hit me with it. All right. Hope you're rocking Gen Con and one of you, uh, one of my players gets in your game. I was uh, rereading the Force descriptors and think I've been doing something wrong. Can you help me? If you have a dark side point, can you use Force powers with light side descriptors, or can you only not spend a Force point to augment the effects of light side powers? Mm. First of all, Ravnos, we did rock Gen Con. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> as to your question, this is cleared up on page 96 of the core rulebook under the Force Power Descriptor section. It clarifies that if you have one or more dark side points, you simply cannot spend Force points to modify, use the Force checks to activate light side powers. That is all. You may still use them. You just can't spend Force points to modify your roll with them. That's pretty much it. Easy enough. Next! <laughs> Wow. Okay, Rakish. <laughs> Rakish, who needs a new microphone, posted <laughs> the following questions on the forum. And this, this we really should make a, a frequently asked question because this is one of those we see from time to time. We do. I have a question about the elite soldier talent, Shoulder to Shoulder, found on page 40 of the Clone Wars campaign guide. Shoulder to Shoulder, by the way, is a legal challenge in the game of soccer. <laughs> Thank you. Okay, just wanted to let you know I will not give you a yellow card for shoulder to shoulder. Yellow card! Yes. Better than red card. Okay. The talent allows you. Maybe I should start over. No, never mind. Found okay. Page 40, Clone Wars campaign, shoulder to shoulder. The talent allows you to gain hit points equal to your heroic level when you start your turn next to an ally. Now, the talent itself remains reminds us that bonus. Hit points don't stack from multiple sources, but would starting each of your turns standing next to an ally constitute a new source or the same? Mm, it's the same passive talent giving them each turn. Not stacking, but merely accumulating from the same effect. Thoughts? Okay, Rakesh, yeah, I think you're seriously overthinking it just a tad. Um, as part of the Republic Commando Talent Tree on page 40 of the Clone Wars Campaign Guide, Shoulder to Shoulder is a badass talent that works just as you describe it. But as the talent notes, as you mentioned, as a mechanical rule, bonus hit points from multiple sources don't stack. That's what it sounds like. There's no ulterior meaning to that. This has also been clarified by the devs on several occasions. What it means is that if you're given bonus hit points, they simply don't stack. They overlap no matter what. Okay. 
you take the highest of what affects you at the time. This works similarly to the temporary hit points concept from 3.5 D&D, if you're familiar with that system. So if I get five temporary hit points in one round, uh, or if I, if, I, if I get five temporary hit points, and then maybe I take two points of damage, I'm down to three, and then all of a sudden I get five temporary hit points, I'm back up to five. You know, the, the three and the five are just sort of overlapping each other. Does that, does that make sense? So that means as long as he stands next to one of his allies, he will, every round, start with the... Five, five bonus hit points. Whatever the bonus hit points he has. Correct. No matter how many allies are standing next to him or anything like that, yes. If it didn't work that way, that would be seriously imbalancing. It could be. It could be, yes. Even then, this is a badass talent. It really is. Um, so, yeah. yeah, but that's how that works. Okay. Another forum an, uh, forum question came in from somebody else who's in Echo Base right now. This is GMGO. I love that name, GMGO. GMGO. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, GMGO. His name is actually Jeff. Juicy question. Juicy. Juicy. All right, so he has... I have more of a design philosophy question, more than a rules question. All right, we need, um, we need Elias to like put both hands on his cardigan. Or on his uh, jacket that's over his cardigan. Take a puff on his pipe. Look through his spectacles and say, Okay, let me ask my question. Who's in Austin, by the way? Did you know he was in Austin? Yes, sir. He, he might be going there permanently. We will see. Yeah, put him nice and close by. Yes. Okay, so, parenthetically, he says, Perhaps this can go to Rodney at some future time. In the third edition rules... Third edition, RCR and OCR, the, the last the last edition of Star Wars before Saga. Oh, is it really it just, called Third Edition? I just call it Revised uh, Core. Rules. I haven't I haven't heard it called to that way. It's it, because it came out at the same time as Third Edition D and D. Some people refer to that. Oh, okay. All right. The Jedi passes from Padawan to Knight when he or she achieves Seventh Level in Star Wars Saga Edition. This does not seem to happen until Eighth Level. I was wondering. If the shift was made because Jedi Knight is a prestige class now, and for most prestige classes, you have to be you have to have seven levels. As a GM, having to delay giving the Jedi PCs full independence for another level is somewhat annoying. I know that as a GM, I can call them knights or whatever level I feel is appropriate for the game, but I would like to know the reasoning behind the decision. Thanks. Well, Overthinking it again, I think. Well, I think yeah. it's it's mechanical reason. I, from my understanding, he's right. They didn't have Jedi Knight as a prestige class, and there were so many people who ranted and raved about that. You've run your stuff though, where we don't have a we don't have a master around us all the time. There's somebody that we report back to if you're a Jedi right. before seventh level. Yeah, but you I, don't have somebody following you around, sapping up XP. <laughs> well, right. there, there's a few creative ways to do it, um, and you you hit on the you hit on the principal one, TG, that I, I prefer to use. But listen, Geo, the the Jedi Padawan tonight rules from the revised core rules, or you know, and and, and OCR original core rules, um, the last edition are something that, that many of us are used to. And although I cannot speak for the developers, I honestly think you should add this to our questions for Rodney thread next week. Wink, 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 and hint, nudge, nudge, say no more. 
Um, I, I think you answered the question yourself, man. I mean, first of all, this, this system has been very clear time and time again not to get hung up on labels. Your Padawan players don't have to be 8th level to be Jedi Knights. They're Jedi Knights when you say they're Jedi Knights. It's just a label. It's just a prestige class label. That's it. And this is a very, very important distinction. And it shouldn't be brushed aside, okay? As for the mechanical reasoning, I feel that 8th level is like when cool things happen to you, period. And level 7, especially for a Jedi, is very representative of a transitory period. You know, you guys know you, you can build your own lightsaber at 7th level, for example. Um, and that, that's very important. But, but TG, you know, again, I don't think you need to limit your players in this aspect. You can be a level 1 Padawan and be off on your own. You know, a, a good GM can structure this, like TG says, in a manner where the, the, the master is maybe on the ship or they're doing something else while they send you off to go do this. I think, I think that's entirely reasonable, and I don't think you should be so restricted by canon as to make the master there all the time. And if you do personally, I would recommend that they not take an active part in combat, that they're off doing something else or, you know, perhaps overseeing you and thus aren't sucking XP from you so you can learn and grow as a PC. All right. Sorry, the epic fail occurred on the, on the chat room that I knew was going to happen. Oh, to, dear. I've been watching it, so it was down for like 12 seconds because Dave is just that good. <laughs> Woohoo! <laughs> Woohoo! Well, I'm glad we're back up. Dave, but you kick ours. He does <laughs> kick ours. Somebody yeah. said, somebody, somebody in the chat room was like, uh, "Yes, it has gone as Dave has foreseen it." Somebody said, "We have a <laughs> we have a paper down." <laughs> we have we have a paper down. Paper is down. <laughs> but so anyway, in answer to this question, does, does that make sense, guys? That I mean, I mean, in terms of, of, I mean, that's that's my opinion of why it works that way mechanically speaking. I think you hit the nail on the head there, Geo. But again, I don't think I, I, it's an important distinction. You don't have to be. 8th level to be a Jedi Knight. And even if you want to make it 8th level, you don't have to have a master there to, to limit your PCs when they're playing. So, And what's the difference, I mean, between them being 7th level or 8th level? I mean, one level. you've already waited 7 whole levels at that point. So waiting one more level really shouldn't be that big of a deal. Potentially, yeah. But but even then, from his GM frustrations, don't let it get to you, man. Run it as as you would want to run it. You don't need to be constrained by the rules or by any perceived notion of canon. Right. <clears throat> exactly. Precisely. That's what I said. That's what I meant to say, anyway. That's exactly what I meant to say. So, anyway. Yeah. 462 people in Echo Base now. I don't know what's going on. I don't know, but I like it. I like it, too. I like cool. It. All right, so here go we go. D20radio.com slash forums. <laughs> Lastly. I'm going to throw that in there. Forum. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. D20radio.com. See, it's like auto-saved on my, on my little toolbar, so I don't ever really fully type it in. Toolbar, auto-save, good, <laughs> equals one. Okay, lastly, this is a when good games go bad. I should, uh, I should go ahead and fire off. Uh, when good games go bad. All right, so I got a personal question this week from Hero of Time Beta. He says, I need some advice. Currently running a game, and two months ago, one of my players left for a work course. He's moving back soon, and I'm questioning whether or not to bring him back in. The last time he was here, we didn't have a very good time. The problem involved three players. Let's call them A, B, and C. A and B got into an argument. 
and when C tried to intervene, A walked over, put him in a headlock. What? Slapped his hand over C's mouth to shut him up. What? And then stabbed him in the face with a fork. <laughs> now, of course, I was about to put an end to the argument just before this happened. So when A or, when player A did this, I freaked out on him. As you should. Yeah. After that happened, um, I've been debating letting him back because, frankly, it was completely uncalled for. I've been asking myself and my players the key question, are you having more fun when he's not here? I myself have been having a lot more fun, and a couple of my players admitted to it themselves. I think, for the rest, it's not that they're having more fun, but a different kind of fun. It seems that they play differently than this player. He's kind of a my-way-or-no-way kind of guy. I've been debating this long and hard. Still can't decide. Anyway, I'd rather like some advice. Thank you for your time. Dude! <clears throat> okay, whoa, 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 whoa. Okay, Beta, you, you mean this guy actually put one of your players in a physical headlock? Not not in-game, not his character to this. He actually did this to another person, another player in your game. He's he's in the forum right now, and he, yes. said, he says... Yes. He says yes. He says yes. He says yes. Physical attack. Yes. Okay, Beta, uh, if, if this was my game... <laughs> Ditch the forker! <laughs> dude. Ditch the forker. Ditch the forker. Dude, if, if this was my game... He would have been gone. He would have been gone that hour. Okay, not to be back. All right. Good. I think Gravy. we have a name of the show episode. Episode seventy-seven. Ditch the forker. <laughs> Ditch the forker. God. All right, D- dude. Dude. Hero. No, this, no. this is absolutely unacceptable. Listen, no. man. Don't bring him back. It's just simple as that. Don't bring him back. Uh, dude, Beta, it sounds it sounds honestly like you've already made up your mind, okay? You just need to come to grips with the fact that this situation sucks because the guy's a prig and you want him to stay gone, but he's also <laughs> your friend. Okay? Beta, listen. I, and TG, back me up here. I have friends, good friends, people who stood there with me at my wedding, okay, who stood up there with me. That I will never, never game with again. again. Right? Nope. Not, not now. Never. I, I, I don't care for their style, and I've moved beyond it. Okay, that doesn't mean they're not my friends anymore. I've simply stopped calling them about games. <laughs> yeah. Right? <laughs> and they don't listen to the podcast either. I know, I know. I know. It, it, in your situation, it seems apparent that both you and your remaining players are happier without him. You guys are having more fun. And in light of that, I think your decision has already been made, man. You just need to know how to break it to your player. This may sound punkish, but... Don't. Okay, if Captain Conflict here sounds like the personality type who wouldn't take it well, which it appears he is, I wouldn't even broach the subject, man. Simply fade him out. Don't even call him for games. If he asks about it, tell him, dude, you know, it'll take some time. The story of the game maybe couldn't do with bringing your character back in right now and leave it at that. Now, if that doesn't work and you have to get blunt with him, tell him the truth. Say, listen, man, we're really happy where the game is right now, and I don't want to upset the dynamics of the game. Let's see if we can't get you in another game. That may suck, but remember, no gaming is better than bad gaming. And yep. if he's making it bad, it's best not to game with him. Yep. Or if you invite him back, just take all the cutlery out. <laughs> God. <laughs> he didn't actually a... stab anyone with a fork. That was Dave's Phys- faux pas. Yeah. For those, for those <laughs> but still, he put violence. the guy in a headlock and got physical with another player. I don't care if you're best buddies and you guys are friends roughhousing. If you think it was uncalled for and your players think it was uncalled for, it was uncalled for. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, physical violence equals get the fork out of my game. Pretty much. Yeah. Oh, Pretty yeah, and, and that's uh, that's uh, that's Sterling Hershey's uh, wife, I believe, that came up with that. <laughs> Pretty much. Ditch, Pretty much. The, ditch, ditch the forker. That's it. Ditch, 
ditch the forker. Yeah, yeah. There you go. So yeah, that that's that's my advice, man. And uh, take it take it with what you will. I hope I hope you're able to resolve right. the situation. That's right. At least he didn't cart. At least he didn't threaten to cut his heart out with a spoon, cousin. Why a spoon, cousin? Why not? What an axe or a knife? Ah, uh, yes. Oh, another Alan Rickman part. That's because it's dull, you twit. It'll hurt more. See, that's that's Hans Gruber. It doesn't matter. It's Hans Gruber. It's Hans Gruber. I don't I, I don't know the character that he played, but it's you know. He played play the sheriff of Nottingham. <clears throat> yes. Well, yeah, the sheriff of Nottingham. Of course, of course. I just yeah, it's Hans Gruber. All right, so Jeez. we're gonna take a break from forking off to. <laughs> Listen to Alex and Trevor for Fragments from the Rim. We'll be back in about four and a half minutes. You guys, stay tuned. Welcome, Jedi Masters, to Fragments from the Rim. How may we be of service to you today? Hi, this is Alex. And Trevor. This is segment number 25 of Fragments from the Rim. For this segment, I've chosen to talk about the Guardian Spirit Talent Tree from page 16 of the Jedi Academy Training Manual. I really like this talent tree quite a bit. First, let's go over some of the crunchy bits. The first talent in this tree is the Guardian Spirit Talent. It says that you have a Guardian Spirit watching over you from the realm of the Force, providing you insight and advice. Your Guardian Spirit might be an old mentor or an ancient member of your Force tradition who has chosen to guide you to your destiny. When you use the search or feeling application of the use the force skill, you can instead choose to consult your guardian spirit. When you do so, you learn more than just whether the results of your actions will be favorable or unfavorable. You also learn the nature of any immediate consequences, including potential encounters, and whether or not certain actions will bring you closer to achieving your destiny. Additionally, you gain one bonus force point each day, available after you rest for at least six hours. This bonus force point can only be used to improve a force power or activate a force technique or a force secret. If you do not spend your bonus force point in a given day, it is lost at the start of the next day. I really like this talent, especially for the Rebellion era. When you have a character in your party, or when you're playing a PC yourself, who wants to be a Jedi, but how in the world do you find them a master? Which is always a struggle in the Rebellion era. And yeah, you can go and find a Jedi holocron, and you can have a number of different techniques to get around that challenge. But here is a fantastic way to uh, give a mechanical benefit and a role-playing benefit at the same time. It also has a number of other interesting talents within it. The one that I like the most is Crucial Advice, which is once per encounter, when you fail a skill check, you can re-roll the skill check with a plus two circumstance bonus. That's really nice. Now, the one problem I find with some of the talents listed here is this is supposed to be the Guardian Spirit talent tree, which should suggest that you have a Guardian Spirit. Crucial advice does not have any prerequisite. That is a really good talent to have no prerequisites. I would rule in my game that it requires that you take the Guardian Spirit talent first before you can get the Crucial Advice talent. Over to you, Trevor. And today I'm going to talk about the Grenade Defense talent from the New Jedi Guardian Talents on page 14 of the Jedi Academy Training Manual. What really caught my eye about this is that a few fragments ago I was talking about how uh, Jedis are very susceptible to grenades uh, because it's one of the few items that they can neither block nor deflect unless they prepare a readied action with a move object in place to deflect their grenades. 
the grenade defense allows you to use the move light object application of the use of force skill to cast aside grenades that are thrown at you. As a reaction, when you are attacked by a grenade of any kind, you can make a use of force check with a DC equal to the attacking roll of the incoming grenade. If your check equals or beats the DC, you hurl the grenade to a location where it explodes harmlessly, negating the attack. Whether or not you are successful, you take a minus five penalty on the use of force checks until the start of your next turn. Now that last line is interesting because that, I believe, is there to reflect the idea that when you use block or deflect, every successful, successive use of block or deflect is at a minus five penalty. This, however, isn't a minus five penalty to this particular use. It's to any use of force check. And I think that might be a little bit hard unless there's a, an errata that says block and deflect have the same effect. But for any Jedi who basically is really afraid of uh, grenades, this is an excellent talent to pick up. Anyways, if you have any questions or comments, please uh, send Alex or I an email at order66 underscore fragments at rogers.com. And until next time, have fun gaming. Thank you, Masters, for visiting Fragments from the Rim. Thank you very much, as usual, Alex and Trevor. Excellent fragments in the rim. I freaking love that talent tree, by the way. Brev has recently started to dip into it in uh, our home game, and it is... Uh, it it's is, been fun. It's been fun. Indeed. <clears throat> it has been. Oh, man. So many good things to do. What on earth should we do next? All right. Ah. So last year we had we had the Gen Con Extravaganza episode, and then we had Gen Con Extravaganza Strikes Back. And so I think it was appropriate to call this uh, the return of the Gen Con Extravaganza. Would that be uh, <laughs> so, somewhat appropriate? Sure. Somewhat. Okay, so the glory of Gen Con is come and gone. It's left many of us reeling. Um, dude, it was a whirlwind of a convention. Saw a lot of great gaming, a lot of great fun. And by gosh, golly gee, we're just gonna talk all about it. Yeah, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be great. Okay, from the top, I, I want to thank uh, an important group of people and then a very important person. Um, first of all, I want to thank the D20 Radio fans. I never expected, in my wildest dreams, to meet so many listeners and hand out so many freaking dice. <laughs> Uh, it was it was creepy. E- everywhere we went, people were, were just like flagging us down if you were wearing a D20 Radio t-shirt. Um, I know a lot of our listeners were there wearing D20 Radio t-shirts. People were asking them down, like flagging them down, like, hey, are you GM Dave? Are you GM Chris? Are you, uh, uh, you Because, you know, we're in the Order 66 t-shirts, obviously. Um, it was really cool. It was really cool. Uh, I want to thank the Gamer Nation who showed up in force and showed us their support. And I really want to thank one person in particular. Our dream date. Ooh. Uh, our dream date, uh, Ender on the forums, A-E-N-D-E-R, uh, Mr. John Rugwell, who uh, actually beat out all the others on the massive 40-bid uh, <laughs> auction for our dream date. Um, and he threw a boatload of money to get the little swag we provided, but more importantly, to get a seat next to me and TG at the Any Awards. And that dude was totally awesome. I actually got to game with him in one of my RPGA sessions, and he was a blast a game with and a genuinely cool individual so john very very nice guy very 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 nice thing 
Now, Dave, I know you got, I mean, you get more emails than I do, but the amount of communication coming in prior to Gen Con of people wishing us good luck and, oh, I can't wait to see you there and stuff, it was pretty, it was pretty massive, yeah? Yeah, it was. It was, it was surprising, but I think more importantly, what the surprise was, the number of Twitter followers and uh, I, I, people registering on the forums and, and new community members. It, it kind of exploded. Yeah, I mean, um, we went to 700 people registered on the site in overnight. I mean, I, I don't remember f- going through 500 and 600. That's how fast we did it. I mean, we're, we're currently over 800 registered forum members, if I'm correct. I, I don't know. You're, you're giving I, mean, me, like, I haven't checked in three days, and I'm sure we've had 100 people. I mean, a nonstop. My, phone, my, my wife is actually getting annoyed because every time somebody, somebody logs in so I can activate them, I, I bring it to my phone. I bring the alert to my phone. And so she gets annoyed that I get so many alerts during the day. <laughs> it, was, it was extremely cool. Um, it was also really cool to meet a lot of the faces from the Gamer Nation that people we know and love, a lot of our moderators. I got to see Shadowstar uh, again. He, he actually met him last year. Um, he's one of, our, one of our original moderators, as well as Donovan Morningfire. Um, John, if, I know he's in the chat room right now. Also now proud freelancer who uh, has his credit coming up on, uh, on Galaxy at War, which is soon to come out, and another project as well, which is in the wings. Um, which I'm, I'm very, very excited about. TG, what, what were your thoughts uh, post-Gen Con of, of some of the people you met and some of the, some of the fans you encountered? There was, well, there was a lot of really cool people, and I know that sounds very cliche, but honestly, it was just so much fun to hang out with everyone. You know, I... Yeah. You know? It, 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 was, it, was, it was a blast, and I... The the amount of the amount of people and I know Dave mentioned Twitter was was an absolutely huge huge thing. Um, we, we, I got hundreds of Twitter followers, and of course everyone following at the, us at the con was like you know following Twitter to say you know hey hey you know let me know when games are going to be going on, and uh, and that was a blast. We we got to do a lot of Star Wars gaming a lot. I got to game with a lot of fans, both RPGA sessions as well as pickup games that we ran. And honestly, I think one of the coolest parts for me was getting to meet a lot of the developers that I had only met briefly before and, and spend a lot of time with them. Um, uh, of course, Sterling Hershey was there um, in all his amazing self. Uh, Gary Asselford, uh, Gary Sarley um, was also there, and I got a chance to game with all three of them. Uh, I got a chance to game with Sterling twice. He was good enough to uh, uh, be there for one of my more, um, more experienced modules that I've run through. And then he was also kind enough to sit through me slot zeroing uh, <laughs> uh, Murder on the Executor because I didn't get a chance to do it at all before I got to the con. Um, and uh, everyone seemed to have a good time. You know, of those three guys, I have, I have something to say about all three of them. Sterling remains to be one of the nicest people, genuinely nicest people I've ever met. He is, you can just tell by talking to him, he, he's got nothing but goodness inside of him. And his wife, too, for that matter. You know, I heard about that. I, I heard that they were both really, really cool. Now, who else did you get to play with? Well, well, Chris was just saying that he played with Gary Asselford and then Gary Sarley. Now, Gary Asselford, we had to spend some time with him. Later in the evening, I think it was after the innies, sitting around with him. Very funny guy. Very dry sense of humor. Very yeah, funny guy. Very yeah. funny guy. But you can tell he's very sharp. He's got a quick wit, but it's, it's dry, quick wit. 
Um, not a lot of people, I think, well, I think there's a lot of people that get it, but there's some people that probably don't. And, <laughs> <laughs> um, and Sarley, again, another really nice guy. Such a nice guy. I, I, I didn't get to spend as much time with him as Chris did, but the few moments that I was around him, he was, he just was such a nice guy. I've got to echo the sentiments. My my things about about the three devs I got to spend time with is again I'll echo TG's sentiment. Sterling again remains one of the classiest individuals I've ever met in my in my days. And and one of the things that that amazed me is when I when I first saw him Wednesday night, he was in my pickup game, and he said to me, he says, "Are you coming to the benefit breakfast on Saturday morning?" I'm like, "Benefit breakfast? What what benefit breakfast?" And he says, "Well, are you having the, the, we're throwing a benefit breakfast for Aaron Alston." Now, for, for fans of the, of, the, of the EU and any of the Star Wars fiction out there, Aaron Alston, very famous Star Wars author, and uh, apparently it recently had some very serious medical issues. Um, and so they were holding a benefit breakfast for him to help out with that. And the, the Indie Knights, who are a group of, of Indie, Indianapolis Star Wars fanatics, started sort of threw this together Saturday morning at the Ram. And uh, apparently, I heard this through secondhand sources, actually, that um, Sterling heard about it and said, you know, oh, gosh, hey, this is, you know, can I help? Can, you know, please use my name if you need to. Anything I can do to help, can I help? All right. And so it, it, was, it was just phenomenal. And we got to go do that. That was, that was a, a lot of fun. Got to, uh, Michael Stackpole was there um, and, and some other Star Wars authors as well. Um, and Aaron Alston, a phenomenal guy. But th that was kind of, it, again, Sterling amazes me every time I meet him. Gary Asselford is a hoot. Uh, we spent a lot of time together. He uh, is a fellow tobacco fan. And um, uh, we did a lot of pipe smoking and exchanged some blends, which, uh, you know, that's a very personal bond between two men. Dave, I know you know what that's like. Um, yeah. Oh, goodness. If y'all could <laughs> see me, I'd be rolling my eyes right now. <laughs> uh, and absolutely fantastic. And Sarley is just a hoot. I mean, Sarley is a very, very exuberant, exuberant, exuberant person. I will yeah. say, though, he is a rules lawyer, man. <laughs> <laughs> in a good way, but it absolutely cracks me up because I was playing a pickup game with him on Saturday, and I was, and he was like, "Okay, I, I want to do, I want to do this and this with my character," and um, I'm like, "Well, no, you can't do that. That doesn't work that way." He's like, "Yes, it does." <laughs> and I'm like, You're "Like it does?" He goes, "Yeah, I wrote the rule." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, fine, okay, we'll play it that way then, Mister. I wrote the rule, man." Um, abs absolutely hilarious. Um, it was, it was just so great hanging out with those guys. Um, the modules went fantastic, and by the way, also a big shout out to Daryl at Reaper for creating custom minis for two of the modules I ran uh, that were received incredibly well. Um, I believe Asselford, um, literally, he was googling, was like, where, where, where can I get these? Can I, can I, can I contact him? Can I? <laughs> it was, uh, it was, it was absolutely fantastic. And which, which, which were those again? Uh, well, the two modules. The first one was the Secret of the Corellian Kite Hawk, which uh, I know Sterling played in. Um, that one was yours, right? I'm sorry. That one was yours. These were both for my modules, actually. Um, th there was that. There was that module, which actually debuted at ReaperCon, and then the new module that I wrote for Gen Con, which was uh, uh, the Eye of Rishi, which was a legacy era setting, and he made a phenomenal group of PCs for that. Um, my personal favorites were the Alien Stormtrooper, which he did. A f uh, it's a Quarren Stormtrooper. He sculpted the Quarren head entirely out of green stuff himself. It looks phenomenal. Right. And the the Yuzen Vong Shaper, he did a right. great job. Oh, yeah. Those are, I mean, I've, I saw some of those before they went out the door, and those were incredible. Mm. 
Yeah, it, it, and it, it, even Brev's in the chat room like, yeah, man, Daryl did an amazing job on those minis. Yeah, it was, it was, it was really good. So we had some gaming and, and of course, walk in the dealer room. But, of course, the big highlight, I think, for me for the con was the Any Awards. And, um, again, big props to the Any's crew. I mean, getting to meet some of these guys. I mean, I got to know – we got to know Hans Cummings a little bit just from him coming on the show. And he's Jedi Soth on our forums. And he's just a remarkably amazing individual. I got to meet him and his wife, and they're hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, but a lot of the other people, I mean, uh, like the the actual – uh, I guess you could say the, the the director of the Any Awards, Denise Robinson. She's she's fantastic, um, yeah, and Kevin so Kevin nice. she was so nice. And uh, Kevin Culp was another guy who literally had me on on the floor. So at the Any Awards, so okay, we, this is the correct spot. We get this email. What what day? When, when did we get the the confirmation email saying, hey, you know, you made the finalists be there at the Any Awards? When was that? June? Uh, it was when they. I don't remember when when they announced right before. What was it the nineteenth or something? Was the day that yeah they that so it was like July nineteenth. Okay, so they send this email out saying, you know, "Hey, please come to the awards. We're trying to go for a more upscale event this year." Okay, so you know, a little more akin to an awards ceremony. So you know, in the past, it was really quaint and cute when a developer would show up in dirty jeans and a t-shirt and all that. We'll try try and try and you know put on some a little, little bit more formal attire. You know, please. So okay, we, we took that to heart. So TG in all her glory pulls out this wonderfully attractive little cocktail dress. Um, and, you know, and I, I bring a suit. and um, Very good-looking suit on you, I might oh, say. Oh, well, thank you very much. Yeah. So we, we get there, and there, there are people that are dressed nicely. Um, they, they are. I will say the Ennies Award staff certainly took that to, to a maximum, and they dress extremely well. But, you know, a lot of the developers, <laughs> you know, not so much. They're, they're wearing their everyday clothes. You know, some of them are looking nice. Some of them are looking good. My personal favorite was seeing the guys dressed out in full uh, traditional tartans, uh, kilts. You know, that was, that was great. But, they looked really nice, too. There was a couple that were wearing um, Utila kilts with a suit jacket. And that looked <laughs> badass. He looked rocking it, in that. It, it did look sharp. But I will say that when we, Dave, when we got the, when we got the award and they called us up, um, uh, Kevin Culp actually said, you know, and we called these guys. First of all, the GM Chris, the, the far and away best dressed attendee here at the Ennies. <laughs> <laughs> I think my face got about nine shades of red. I was That's like, oh, funny. wow. Yeah. I never did it. Okay. <laughs> but I, I don't know. The atmosphere there was really interesting. And I know I spent a lot of time talking to, to uh, some of the people about it. First of all, big thanks to all the D20 radio members of the, uh, members of the Gamer Nation who showed up to cheer us on. That was fantastic. That, that was fun. Um, but it was really interesting being in the presence of all these developers. I mean, these are people I've played their games since I was young. I've seen their names on, on book covers and it's just kind of, it kind of, it's, it's almost very surreal. They're, they're just kind of a normal group of people pretty much. Um, I felt almost a little bit like a fish out of water, (laughs) which was, which was interesting. Um, and it was, it was, it was amazing to, to be there with all the developers. Um, that, that was very cool. Um, I would like to also, at the Any Awards, throw a major shout-out to the other Star Wars products that won things, uh, which was, was fantastic. First of all, um, Best Supplement, the silver was given to the Clone Wars, uh, which was fantastic. And uh, uh, Best Cartography, the silver was given to uh, Scum and Villainy, uh, which means Chris West, the, mass make, the map maker who worked on Scum and Villainy, uh, he was all tickled about that. I got to talk to him uh, Saturday and Friday. He was, he was all excited, which is really, really cool. Um, that was very cool. But by far, I think my favorite moment of the Any Awards, among all the acceptance speeches and everything else, were the guys from Cthulhu Tech. And I remember, TG, you, you know, you hadn't heard of Cthulhu Tech before the, before the awards ceremony. 
No, and they kept, it seemed like they got up left and right, but I think they won maybe Twice. three, three two. medals. They won two I, medals. They won. Okay. Um, um, they they won. They won a gold for uh, for best supplement. Okay, which which blew them away. Um, and they also, if I'm, I, I believe they won a gold for um, best cover art. Uh, it was it was the other gold they won for. And cover art. Okay, yes. When those guys got up there for best supplement. They were choking up. They were about to cry. They were so floored. And for those not familiar with Cthulhu Tech, it's it's a really it's a fun little system. But the setting is taking Lovecraftian mythos and Cthulhu and anime and sort of just jamming them together. <laughs> and uh, it's 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 very very interesting. So yeah, I uh, those guys were were absolutely phenomenal. And, and getting to meet with them, they 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 took it so well. You know the fact that. Rec- being recognized by your peers, it was the same feeling I got. You know, I'm, I'm not a peer, and in my in my acceptance speech, I know I know at one point after saying thank yous, I said, "Look, I'm not a developer. I might be an aspiring developer, but honestly, have you ever met a gamer who is not an aspiring developer?" <laughs> and uh, I think everybody chuckled at that. <laughs> uh, yes, I'm sure everyone's. Uh, let me tell you about my system. Um, uh, but I said, you know, honestly, we're fans. We're fans, and we're gamers, and. It meant so much to be there because of that, that this thing that, that Dave and myself and TG and Brian and Tim and the RFH crew and Andy and Joe and Brev and everyone else who has helped make D20 Radio what it is, we're just fans. And one of the things Kevin Colt brought up as he was introducing, um, actually for, for the, the awards for best podcast and best website, is he said, you know, that we're moving to this electronic age and this electronic medium. And it's changing the face of the industry. And it's clear to me that the industry seems to be taking that rather seriously. And, and these awards and these categories show that. And that's heartening to see. And it, it makes me happy and it makes me proud to be a part of this industry. So That's kind of, see, I'm getting all choked up right now. That's where oh. we come in, man. Oh, the electronic was- media. That's why of the five... Of the five podcasts that will be nominated next year, four will be D20 Radio Productions, and one will be Brilliant Gameologists. Ah, you're laying that out now, are you? Yes. (laughs) I think Brew City Gamers should get nominated. That's what I'm saying. Brew City. I I would say say from top to bottom of of the shows that I think are going to have the largest fan base right now, just judged on traffic and and then based on, and then quality. Uh, Brew City. Mm -hmm. Game On, if they ever get to make another episode. Um, I think RFH's production value is fantastic. uh, Well, here's, I think RFH and City of Doors, even though City of Doors is brand new, if they can get their audio quality up to snuff, which they have plenty of time to do. Yeah. Um, and, and then there's... Oh, my God. Minus World is awesome. <laughs> All right. Unchecked Aggression. Oh, my gosh. That has me rolling on the floor. It's good stuff. I'm a fan of all of our casts. I mean, we've I got 11 casts, yeah. and they're all solid. I have a hard time finding picking five out of the 11. That means then we've got we'll have at least three years where a D twenty radio <laughs> cast will win at any. I mean, bottom line. Boom. There you go. See, See like boom. the holocron. The holocron would never be able to get nominated for an any because it's not 
RPG industry related. Right. It's not RPG stuff. And, you know, Minus World, I don't know if it would be or not because it's video games. Yeah, yeah I know. So if you, if you have to discount that, that leaves us with RFH. That leaves us with uh, the uh, City of Doors. And uh, In Meanwhile? Meanwhile. Oh, yeah, that's right. Meanwhile. Um, small but vicious. Small but vicious. Minis yeah. Mayhem. Min- yeah, Minis Mayhem. And uh, and then Game On. I mean, Game On is, is somewhat RPG, but, you know, if all games considered goes in, then Game On should go in. <laughs> it would be the battle of all games. Yes. So that that was that was absolutely fantastic being there for that. The awards ceremony was great. It was it was a lot of fun. And by the way, um, I'm I'm struggling to find video of it online, but I do know that they have video you can find of the Polyhedrals, which is this RPG slash geekery skit group. And they did uh, the, the, their rendition of the Four Grey Hawksmen, which was this this little skit they did that would, people had people rolling on the floor. If you're if you're great. if you're an RPG grog, you will totally get every reference they make. It was it was absolutely hilarious. Um, now, I don't want to go through every single one of the Annie Awards because that would just take way too much time. You guys can go to www.annie-awards.com and you can find who won right now. Yeah. The big, the big talk of the town, of course, was obviously Paizo for Pathfinder and Watsi for 4Ed. For and Watsi for 4Ed did walk away with a lot. They took, they took uh, the, the win for Best Game, they took the win for Product of the Year, and they uh, took the win for Best Publisher. Um, and, and that, those are, those are the three huges, um, Paizo took, uh, took silver for best publisher. Um, and interestingly enough, product of the year, I know silver went to mouse guard, which took the origins award for best product. Actually, mouse guard took a couple of, it, it awards, did, it, t- it? it took, it took like three or four awards actually. Yes. Um, so big props, Kunoichi, um, Arkea, uh, studios for that. And the best game silver uh, and people were kind of like, whoa, went to Fantasy Flight Games for the Dark Heresy core rulebook. And there's been a lot of talk of Dark Heresy. Nice. Um, now, the, the, I guess the final thought that I really left the Any Awards with was this. Ultimately, for the last half of it, they had Peter Atkinson, who is one of the, you know, used to be the, the head of, of WOTC, okay, and is now the, the head of Gen Con. Yeah, basically. And, and, and is now the head of Gen Con. He got up there kind of and did the presentation for the latter half of it. And he, he threw out an amazing thought, which I thought was very interesting. And um, he said, you know, now with 4th edition coming out and the lack of the OGL, what we're seeing in the industry is a plethora of new games that are being developed with completely new systems. And what it's done is that lack of a crutch for easy development of something to just kind of tack onto has caused this resurgence in different game systems and different games that are out there. And I thought that was a very astute observation. And everyone in the industry seemed really heartened by that fact because it's a sign and a symbol that games are going and growing and getting better and stronger. And the industry as a whole seems to be benefiting from it. And that was that was that was a big aha moment for me, a good takeaway. So Yeah. There was that. So okay, TG, of course. I spent half my Gen Con in the dealer room. If I wasn't trying to get bumpers or interviews, I was buying things and talking to people about, about swag. Yeah. No, 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 no. No, 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 no. You spent three <laughs> quarters of your time gaming and maybe a quarter of your time in the dealer room where I did probably three quarters of my time in the dealer room. 
And the yes, rest she... relaxing in a hot tub, reading, or <laughs> yes, hanging did. out with friends. <laughs> Um, yeah. some of the really cooler stuff we got, and I know Dave, we're, we're going to, we, I, I got a couple interviews. I know we're, we're going to post those at the end of the show, right? Yep. Okay. I got a couple interviews. One was with Gary Sarley, who apparently had a great Gen Con. Um, of course, for you guys who don't know, Gary Sarley, one of the, obviously one of the developers for the game has his own business, which is GM Sarley Games, uh, focusing on minis play, but he also has some amazing supplements that he's come out with little, little homebrew stuff for the RPG, just fun little things that we talk about in the interview. Um, and also he sells one of the t-shirts I bought, which was absolutely fantastic. Um, other really cool things for me in the dealer hall, uh, there's a company called Gaming Paper. And it's gamingpaper.com. And if you can imagine a butcher block roll of paper, the size of butcher block paper that is pre-printed with one-inch squares. And it's and four it's, bucks. It's got like a waxy residue. You can use permanent marker on it and it won't bleed through. Yeah. And you, you, can, you can paint it. You can use colored pencil. You can use anything on it. You know, dry erase, wet erase, whatever. It's all permanent. But I thought that was a really, really cool supplement. And the other thing that really tickled my funny bone, I know I was talking to Sterling Hershey about, was uh, the guys at Gamer Concepts. So, of course, Gen Con is nothing without a whole bunch of T-shirt vendors that are selling really geek-themed T-shirts. Um, Gamer Concepts, GamerConcepts.com, they had a slew of some of the best Star Wars T-shirts I've seen in a long, long time. Uh, there was one that Cat. I don't know. Did Cat end up getting that TG, or did she? I don't know. Yes. If she, I don't know. If she, she did. Yes, she she finally broke down on the last day and went and got it. It took her four days. And it, it was <laughs> to this, it was finally this, say I'm going to get it. I'm, I'm going to get it. It was this awesome silhouette of Vader holding up a a a young Imperial officer and choking him out, and it said Vader, he'll choke a bitch. <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, th th these are the same guys that last year had the big hit t-shirt of it's a trap with the silhouette of Akbar on it um, yeah. and this year they I had a t-shirt that I had to get it was so awesome it was powder blue it's probably the only time I'll ever buy a powder blue t-shirt um, that that it had this sort of image of Hoth in the background and there was this white fisted rebel glove getting punched up in the foreground and it said the first transport is away and <laughs> that was obscure enough that I absolutely had to purchase it. And those dudes were so freaking cool that were running that booth. Yeah. You just walk by and you're like, what are you doing at a gaming committee? Kind of like the Brew City guys. They stand out because they're so cool. And they're, they're, all, <laughs> they're all role players. It was an absolute hoot. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm GM Christian, the Motor 66 podcast. And, you know, and at the time it was like, you know, we, we've been nominated for an any, you know, and I love your T-shirts. It's like, dude, that's awesome. Here, have a sticker. And just gives us a free D20 sticker, one of the ones they sell. I'm like, wow. Okay. Very cool. <laughs> they're very nice dudes. Except they're for they kept beating the crap out of themselves. One guy had hurt his. Oh, yeah. Like, he practically I, broke his arm practically when he dropped a crate. Yeah. And then some other dude stabbed his palm with a pin that he'd accidentally forgot to put the cap on. <laughs> they were just beating the crap out of themselves. That was extremely cool. Now the other um, the the other thing I, I really got out of the dealer hall was the chance to to meet Christopher West. Now for those who are who are absolutely huge um, minis uh, minis uh, 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 players. Um, or, or guys who, who are familiar with Star Wars cartography at all, Chris West is one of the map designers that's worked on a couple systems now and has been designing Star Wars maps and cartography for a, a, really, a really long time. And um, he had actually a Gen Con exclusive map there 
which uh, a minis map, which I, I went ahead and purchased. I got one for Brev too because he kind of stabbed me in the eye with a pencil if I didn't get it. Um, and uh, it was, it was, it was, it was very cool, very cool to to, to meet him and to and to to see all that, which I thought was 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 really really cool as well. TG, did you have any any awesome takeaways from the dealer room? I got a new T-shirt and I got a wig and I got a stuffed o- little otaku dog intro. thing. <laughs> I don't know. Those were my takeaways from the dealer. I did a lot, a lot of shopping. I got D20 um, silver earrings. Those are very nice. Oh yes. Yes, so that way I can uh, represent the network appropriately. Very nice. Um, <laughs> Yeah, it the the dealer room. Okay, so the the big takeaway that I got was we showed up on Wednesday and Kat had to go to the will call line um, to get her stuff uh, to get her badge, and we went to the badge line, uh, not the badge line, but the um, swag line to get our bag. And I was really shocked on a Wednesday how many people were actually there already. There was a line out the door, and that just blew me away because I thought with the way the economy is and all that, that there would be a lot less people than there were um, la- than there were last year. And on Thursday, walk into the dealer room, you couldn't see the carpet. You could no not carpet. see it. None. It was so freaking packed it was so much more packed than it was last year what i remember from last year maybe i was just so shell shell shocked last year that i i can't re, you know recall mem- correctly but i i think other people saw the same trend and sunday i think most people had caught on that sunday the last 2 hours of the con was the time to shop cuz there were still there was a line out the door on sunday to buy sunday badges mhm uh-huh. And it was it was noon, and the dealer room was going to close in four hours, and people were standing in line for a badge. Yeah. Blew me away. It, it blew me away. Oh, by the way, real quick, because I'm a moron, I forgot to mention it earlier. Uh, Brev's in the chat room going, uh, "Hey, uh, where can people find Chris West maps? Go to Chris West's website, maps of mis- oh, excuse me, mapsofmastery.com, um, where you could possibly contact him about getting the Exodus class heavy courier ship, which was the Gen Con map he had." Um, also, TG, in line with that, the auction house. <gasps> I love the auction house. Dude, crates of Star Wars minis were going for 40 bucks a piece. Yep. They, they, not crates. Case, they had, cases. Cases they of had, Star Wars. They had cases. A, sing, a single case would go up, and it would go for, um, there were some that I think, I saw some case. I don't know if they were Star Wars necessarily, but I saw some cases of minis go for 40 and 50 um, and then... Star Wars, I think I saw him go for about 60 or 70. Yeah, that's, that's pretty freaking awesome. You, you find just a couple of very rare, what, four or five very rares, sell those online, and you've already paid. And then you've made some. your money back. You've made you've your money back. back. And then it's all just easy going after that. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Now, Dave... I don't know if I showed you. Did I show you some of the? Because uh, I had a lot of people asking me about this, emailing me on the forums and stuff regarding the the special module, the murder on the executor that the RPGA ran for Star Wars play. 
did I show you some of the special abilities that they previewed in that that aren't really going to be out till Galaxy at War? Yeah. Um, I want to. These these are absolutely fantastic. And Galaxy at War, of course, is coming out in what two weeks? I think it's the fifteenth of next month. Right. Um, so three weeks. Excuse me. Um, some of these abilities are pretty freaking cool, and I don't want to delve into them too much because again, the book is coming out. But I, I, I would like to, at this point, it's public. They've already released it, so I'm okay with it. Um, there was one really cool ability that I, I didn't hey, want to show hey, with hey, Let Why don't we table this until we get Rodney on next week? Ooh, that's a really good idea. That's a really good idea. Just you can thinking. ask the man himself. Yeah. Ooh. I'm just thinking, Ooh. you know, he said he can talk a little bit about Galaxy of War. That stuff is kind of pseudo-public, so. Yeah, you, know, you have a very good point. Okay. okay and plus, it's enough. a massive tease. <laughs> Fair enough. So, other than that, the con was was phenomenal. The games were great. Meeting developers were it was fantastic. Um, I got to game a lot. I ran a lot of RPGA games and a lot of pickup games, and people just had an absolute blast. And I can't wait until next year because next year, Gamer Nation, things will be different and things will be better. Ah, yes. How many people followed the one shower rule? Um, honestly, I was rather impressed. The only time that I saw that I, I felt gamer funk at all was in downtown Indy. There's these little bitty hamster tubes that run in between all the buildings. It's great um, because, you know, as a gamer, it means you can go where you need to go without ever actually hitting sunlight. Yeah, they have that um, in Atlanta, too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So, uh, like, by Sunday and Saturday... Those tubes, when it got really hot, you could walk through them and get, and get a scent of where the gamer funk had collected. But on the yeah. whole, I, I, on the whole, I was rather impressed. I never actually stood next to someone and went, "Whoa, dude," um, which I, I, has happened to me before. It, not 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 even at a con, but at like you know, uh, at at uh, RPG games or pickup games here in Dallas. Um, <laughs> Hell, so, in my FLGS, gee whiz, man. Oh yes, oh yes. So. Honestly, that that was the con. I, I, I'm still reeling from how awesome it was. And um, it was, oh, God, D- Darth Jared's in the form says, I was at Chessex on Sunday, and I got tears in my eyes. It was so bad. <laughs> so one, one thing to note for a lot of the people here that are gamers and may have a spouse that isn't a gamer mm. that I want to I wanna bring up, and uh, Mrs. Hershey was nice enough to also point out on the um, chat room. Um, they have activities for the better half and just, I, I'm going to tell this and I'm going to hope I'm not going to get stoned to death by the gamer nation. I was at Gen Con and I did no gaming. <gasps> Please don't hate me. She um, did none. I was so disappointed. I did board games though. I did you, board games. You, you board gamed your butt off and you true dungeoned. I did do True Dungeon, and that was a blast. And for anybody who's not a gamer, True Dungeon is something that I think they would still like. Uh, They've got scrapbooking for the better half. They've got tours to take around the city, um, knitting, and other kind of crafts. And they've got lots of activities for kiddos. There were lots of babies there. So having a baby (coughs) is no excuse to not go. Um, <laughs> ever. It's so easy to bring your kiddo um, with you on at these events. And it's there's so much to do at the convention that no matter who you are, you will not be bored. I spent most of my time 
um, hanging out with friends, board gaming, and shopping. And I was just happy as a peach doing that. That's all I needed. So, um, yeah, try to convince your uh, better halves to get them to go because I promise they won't be disappointed. They will not be disappointed. There's always something to do. It was fun. And also, because you because we brought it up, Dave, I've got to pimp out True Dungeon. When you come to Gen Con, I will have to take you through True, True Dungeon. I think you would absolutely get a kick out of it. Um, it it's like, it's not LARPing. It, it's, it's, you're, you're, you're given your character sheet. It's team you, building. <laughs> it's, it's, it's team building. <clears throat> yes. You, you'll be, you, you'll choose, be, uh... you choose what character you want to play, and you actually go through a dungeon. It's like a yeah. haunted house. You'll be, built um, you'll be glad to know that True Dungeon... Actually, one of the developers, one of the writers for a movie that's getting ready to come out said True Dungeon was the first inspiration of the movie. It's a movie called Gamer. Ooh. That, that, I've seen the trailers for Gamer. That looks good. They it took it in another direction that you were actually controlling a player in the game. Yeah. Ooh. Very interesting. Dude, I need to do some reading now. <laughs> Indeed, you should. It's great. Yeah, but but True Dungeon was great. You're actually in the dungeon. I mean, they, like if, if if there's a puzzle for you to solve, it's a physical puzzle for you to solve. It's not you actually have to figure it out. It's um, it it, it it's it's very very fascinating. I, I was I was, it, it it was a lot of fun. Yippee! So, that was the con. It's great, and it's going to be even better next year. Keep your eyes peeled on the forums, Gamer Nation, and keep your ears tuned to the podcast. Announcements are forthcoming. For the second time this episode... Oh, you to hear the sad music, I love it. The Aww, sad music. So sad. Out. Yes, indeed. <laughs> yes, indeed. Well, you know... Sam's in Gamer? No way. Really? No, he's not a gamer. I don't think so. I don't think so. Ah, uh, well, IMDb says he is. Really? So, dude, I need to I need to talk to him about that. That's check awesome. it out. Check it out. Check it out. So anyway, yes, for all the Gen Con attendees, for all our Gamer Nation people that voted for us, thank you, thank you, thank you. Jim, Chris, TG, of course, everyone. You know for putting this together. Here again, episode number 77. Yes. Coming up, and sevens. Sevens. And stick around, guys, because uh, post-post-show, we're going to be playing some of the some a couple of the interviews we managed to get while we were out on the dealer room floor, and that was a lot of fun. So stick around for that. Yep. So for everyone who's been a part of this one, we will say thank you, and uh, tune in again next week for another exciting edition of the Order... 66 podcast with Rodney Thompson. Aha. Indeed. Thank you all guys again, Gamer Nation, for voting. It was an absolute blast. And thank you guys for tuning in this week. We'll talk to you next week. This is GM Chris wishing you peace, love, and very, very good gaming. And keep them dice rolling. And may the, uh, and may they be full of the fork. <laughs> <laughs> Howdy there, boyos, Miss Jaja Binks, and Miss always listen to the Orton 66 card piece. Mooey, mooey. 
This is Fiddleback, and yeah, I'm still alive. Still haven't got any internet, so I'm really never listening to the Order 66 podcast. Hi, this is Noob GM Scoundrel 1978, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Hello, what have we here? Greetings, I'm Lando Calrissian. And when I'm not blowing up the second Death Star or making sweet love to the ladies, I never tune in to the any award-winning Order 66 podcast. D20 Radio, where gamers roll. www.d20radio.com This podcast and related websites are not endorsed by Lucasfilm Limited, 20th Century Fox, or Wizards of the Coast, and are intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. The official Star Wars site can be found at StarWars.com. The official Wizards of the Coast site can be found at Wizards.com. Star Wars, the Star Wars logo, D20 logo, D20 system references, all named pictures of Star Wars characters, vehicles, and any other Star Wars related items are registered trademark and or copyright of Lucasfilm Limited, Wizards of the Coast, or their respective trademark and copyright holders. All original content of this podcast and its related website, including graphical, textual, audio, and visual information, is the intellectual property of the Order 66 podcast. This is John, Ander from the forums, and I never listen to the Order 66 podcast. I also do not go out on dates with them at Gen Con, no matter how much they ask. Hi, my name is Christopher West. I make maps for the Star Wars Miniatures game, and I never, ever listen to the... the uh... <laughs> <laughs> I knew I was going to an older one. Hi, my name's Christopher West. I make maps for the Star Wars Miniatures game, and I never, ever listen to the Order 66 podcast. Uh, this is Gary M. Sarley, and I still never listen to the Order 66 podcast. Yes, yes, chat room. <laughs> he said codpiece. <laughs> <laughs> and Sterling, <laughs> I want you to know that you served a very important function on my bumper recording during the uh, the, the, the uh, Gen Con. Because uh, anytime somebody would screw up horribly, I would make them feel better and say, it's okay, it's okay. Sterling Hershey messed up his first time too. And they're like, oh, <laughs> oh man. Okay, Sterling, Her- if, if Sterling Hershey messed up, then I feel much better about myself. Because if that man could mess up, then I'm I'm doing okay. <laughs> right. So that was fantastic. Yeah. All right. So first order of business: champions online. Oh dear. All right. Lay, lay it on us, dude. You you got you got the beta. Tell us what. Two two words. It sucks. <gasps> really. Yeah. Um, all right, so let me qualify that, actually. I expected a lot out of it. <laughs> what I, did you expect? I expect, I expected a, a, tr- a real upgrade from City of Heroes. And what I got to me, every time I saw, all I saw was City of Heroes. And, oh, okay, well, this is City of Heroes. Okay, this is City of Heroes. When am I going to get something original? With better graphics. Uh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. the graphics are actually what set it apart. That's the only thing I'm pleased with. So the graphics it, are 
How are the graphics? Okay, the graphics are really cool because it's comic book it's comic bookish graphics. That may not be pleasing to some people, but that to me says it's different. That that is where it lays claim to its own its own look and its own feel and its own little thing. So how how is it like City of Heroes? I mean, power ups are exactly. The, I mean, the green health, the little the little yellow shield for your defense, the little red little uh, asterisky looking things for extra damage when you get those power ups that drop off of, of guys when you kill them. You know, I mean, the loot system is fairly fairly much the same thing. Um, I mean, it really is the character creator. However, way way better. All right, if that was the best part of really? City of Heroes, the character creator is that times five. Wow, because the character creator for City of Heroes is just, it's it in, is the best out there. It's insane. You could spend an hour and a half, an hour and a half, and not even get to whatever your character is going to wear on his legs. Wow. After, after 20 minutes, I realized I was still messing with his face and his head. And I was like, oh my gosh, I still got all this stuff. And it's a beta character. Anyway, it's going to get wiped. So I just randomized it until I, until I found something I liked. Yeah, so it was, I mean, you can do crazy things. Okay, all right. Now, here's the other thing that I thought was better than City of Heroes. Is, you know, you had your five classes in City of Heroes, right? You had your Defender, you had your Controller, you had your Blaster. Yes. This is more along the lines of power sets. Either you're going to be... Like a, I hope there's not an NDA that they're going to kick me out of, but at this point, I don't care. There's only one day left in the beta. There's The power sets are like fire, ice, arrows, uh, archery, I'm sorry, sorcery, gadgetry. Um, there are a, I would say, 16 power sets to start with. And okay. if you don't like it, you can make your own. That's not bad. No. Interesting. No. So, I mean, in saying in saying all that that I didn't like, I, what I didn't like was the gameplay. <laughs> but, you know, and and I, you know, I've only, I played three characters through level 7, basically going through the starting zone and then into either Canada or the desert where you take your first set of missions. And um I I I did a I did a scrapper. You remember how much I love King Fu in in uh, City of Heroes? Oh yeah, um, because he's a martial arts scrapper, right? This guy is just martial arts. That I, I I keep saying scrapper. It's not scrapper. It's martial arts. So I made him a martial artist. He was a tuxedo wearing, you know, he was wearing a suit, but he'd kick your ass. And so it was kind of fun. I got more XP with that guy than I did with anybody else. And then I ran through it again with a sorcerer. Which was kind of cool because, you know, it had some different power sets. But in the end, it really wound up kind of being a controller, right? A bunch of them are like Sonic controller, just kind of with a disguise. Then I did an archer. Mm, I love archery. That was the one I liked. And so that was the last character I played today before we started podcasting was the archer. And uh, I actually played it far enough to get my next power and my travel power. And they have a bunch of different travel powers, too. Um, which I haven't played and gotten into, you know, where you can like make this, you have like a hoverboard you can fly around on and you can like create a sheet of ice for you to slide around on. It's, you know, I, I just think that I haven't gotten into the game enough and, and I have not, I have not seen, um, Hey, Bruce City Gamers 31 just came up. 
Yes, I just saw that in the chat room. Okay. Um, I just I just haven't seen enough of the game, and I expected way too much. And and every time I saw something that reminded me of City of Heroes, I was like, copycat, copycat. Okay, well, okay. well I, my question is, to, to echo actually Miss Hershey that's on the forums right now, just ask this, as she said in the, in the chat room, um, is, it, is it grindy and repetitive the way City of Heroes was? Well, from my perspective, yes, only because you have to play through that damn starting zone every time you do an alt. You didn't. You don't get the choice of not starting. You know how City Heroes, you can just go straight into Atlas. Yeah, if you wanted to, yeah. Right. Well, at least in the beta, you don't have that choice. It drops you into the starting zone. You got to go through the the damn starting missions, and you wind up not getting out. And you're level five when you get out, which is okay, you know. And you spend an hour doing it, so that's mm-hmm. repetitive. But I haven't been through it enough to know if the if they're all repetitive or not, because so far, no, because they, they introduced crafting pretty early. You know, there's, there's one of these, you know, we have to kill a bunch and, but they don't, they don't say go kill, go kill 30 or bring me back 10 of these. They say, you know, go collect your medical supplies and you, and you, you get some random drops and the drop rate seems to be pretty good. So you don't realize, that's the one thing I guess I can say, is that you don't realize you're on a go kill a bunch so you can get some drops mission until after you're done, and then you realize, oh, I just did one of those where I had to get some drops. Mm. So I guess it, it was, it's not... All right, I'm going to take back the it sucks. And I'll, <laughs> and I'll, and I'll say that it, it did not meet my expectations, but my expectations were rather high. Okay. Well, that's fair enough. That's fair enough. Okay, so on the MMO front at Gen Con, um, I was hanging out. Obviously, Gary Gary Asford was there, but he was actually working because he he is his primary occupation is he is a a writer for Mythic um, now EA slash Bioware whatever you want to now that the whole merger is taking place, and they of course do the Warhammer RPG right. Um, and I actually while waiting for him because I was trying to talk to him for something, I ended up spending 25 minutes in front of a computer like actually going through the, the Warhammer RPG and playing it for a little while, which I have really? not done. It's, it's one of the MMOs I have not done. You didn't tell me that. <laughs> no, I did not. Um, and I, I was actually, wow, this, this, does, this does not suck. This is actually pretty cool. Um, uh, I, I've heard people call it a WoW clone, and that kind of bothered me. I think it, ha- having played it, I think it definitely had its own unique feel to it. The, the control mechanism, I, I think, was a little similar, but it was one of those things where I don't know if there's a way around that. And uh, but no, no, the the gameplay was fun and fast, and uh, uh, the maps were great. It was beautifully rendered, and yeah, I, I I enjoyed playing the heck out of that. Oh, by the way, they're they're saying yeah, you're only limited to eight characters on Champions Online. Well, only eight? No. <laughs> if you if you pony up, here's the deal. I mean, you're gonna pay, you're gonna pay fifteen bucks a month. So if you plan on playing a if you plan on playing a year, just pony up the hundred ninety nine bucks for a lifetime membership. You get eight extra character slots, and a guaranteed ba- a guaranteed closed beta to Star Trek Online, and some other stuff. What? What? Star Trek? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You can do that. You can actually get a, a guaranteed closed beta by doing a six month uh, up up front as well, right? But but only up until the game starts. And plus, you get the six month for sixty bucks, which is way cheaper than it will be later. So. Yeah. Hey, anything, anything Star Trek TG is all happy and excited about. Yeah. Hey. Speaking of, I got I got a Star Trek game at the. It wasn't at the auction. It was at the little store next to the auction at Gen Con. It was two bucks, two bucks, and it had never been played. Ah! 
Star Trek The Next Generation board game, which is a combination of Star Trek Trivial Pursuit, uh, Battleship, um, uh-huh. and, um, oh, really obscure strategy game B. <laughs> <laughs> it seems really cool, and it's not as complicated as we initially thought it would be, but you do have to have at least three players. You can play with two, but oh, it's yeah. probably better with three. You know, the funny thing is, I was, I was, um, I was traveling on on with my art company for quite a while, and and I was uh, we were, I was in Atlanta, and we were uh, for some reason got to talking about Star Trek: The Next Generation, about the uh, the fact that there are no hot women in Star Trek, you know, for the most part, and you know, obviously the first Star Trek, yeah, whatever. And then I started talking about the Next Generation. I was like, "Oh yeah, you know, there was a hot one in Star Trek: Next Generation. I was really a big fan of." And they all thought I was talking about Deanna Troy. And I wasn't. Talking about Dr. Crusher, aren't you? Shut up. Is that who you were talking about? No, I was talking about Tasha Yar. Dude, you can't say... She was in it for like three episodes. You can't say that. Uh, Don't care. Uh, She was a horrible actress. Over, over actress to the extreme. So, she was hot. God. So there you go, and and she, you know, seven of nine annoying. comes in later, right? At in um in whatever, what's her face in the Voyager, right? Yeah. Okay. So, what about Ensign Rowe? Uh. Well. Okay. Uh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Fair, right. fair enough. Fair enough. Fair enough. Okay. Crusher, Doctor Crusher. She is a redhead, however. She is a redhead. And so, I don't know. A bit. Bit too. Yeah, no, didn't didn't do it. I'm me, so. I'm not sure. I mean, there's sometimes I bet she I bet she cleaned up pretty good, but um, yeah. I'm not entirely sure. I'll, jury, jury's out there. Jury, jury's out. We'll see. Yeah. Anyway, so whatever. Whatever. What? So hey, so we we have a new addition to our household. Um, so TG's birthday was yesterday, and uh, for her birthday, I got her a new cat. I got a new kitty cat. Yes, He's yes. so cute, too. His, his name is Brody, or, or Master Brody. So we now have Lord <laughs> Angus, Darth Kramer, and Master Brody in the household. Master uh, Brody. And it's a, it seems a bit ironic that he's the only one with a uh, light side uh, um, prefix to his name. Because he's, yeah. he's, he's not so light. I think he's, he's darker than the other two. He's happier than the other two, but... <laughs> Mr. Got a dark side, huh? is. Yeah, he is. Huh. Nice. Yeah, uh, uh. You got a new pet in your household recently, didn't you? Yeah. Beagle. Beagle. Yeah. What's, my daughter named him Marley. Marley. Yeah. He's definitely a Darth. Darth Marley. Yeah, because he's like he's like you know he's a puppy, so he's eating shoes and <laughs> and if there are if there if there is are any. Um, Underwear. If there's any underwear laying around the house, this dog will find it. <laughs> so, you know, at least my daughter doesn't have to wor- worry about where her underwear is because eventually you'll find it all under the coffee table where he takes all his prizes. Very interesting. See, you've now given me a new character for my next home game. The next session, you guys are going to be fighting Darth Marley. <laughs> Who steals underwear? <laughs> <laughs> steals underwear. Worst adventure ever. Okay, you guys are working for the New Republic, and the Jedi Order has been commissioned to find 
Darth Marley, the underwear snatcher who's been stealing Princess Leia's underwear. Ooh. <laughs> Oh. <laughs> I love it. This will be the best module ever. Nice. Ever. Oh. Nice. All right. Well, golly, you know, by the time we add in the interviews, we'll have gone two hours. And <laughs> Wow. What a good show, post Gen Con. Brev, 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 about to get himself banned from the chat room. Oh, oh, he's talking about your daughter's underwear. That's not good. But to be fair, you started the conversation. Well, that's, hey. It's still off limits. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Gamer Nation, thank you all once again. Uh, it was amazing meeting all of you that I did. I hope to meet more of you as, as, as time goes by. And again, keep your eyes glued. And of course, if you guys want to leave any congratulatory bumpers for us, if you want to call in with any questions, you can, of course, call us. Where, Dave? Um, phone. Yes. The loser line. Oh, yeah, the loser line. How about that? Area code two zero six six hundred five eight seven two, or LUSA. you can also email us uh, GM Chris at d twenty radio dot com, GM David d twenty radio dot com, or tweet at goodness at d twenty radio dot com. How about them apples? How about them apples? So with that, Gamer Nation, thank you all again, and uh, we will see you. Indeed.